Sunday, 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 right here on twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. It's the Plex, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and on into red light. We have the worst news in the week that no one else will cover. The Plex has it all. Conspiracy, right-wing nut jobs, Christian extremism, and Madison Star Moon. Tune in every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media and find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Hello, how the tech are you? This is our weekly tech show on Echoplex Media. We talk about science and tech news and any other science and tech stuff we feel like talking about. And uh, we sometimes even get it uh, out on time and posted to YouTube, but not last week. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I am historian Matt, and uh, I have general tech and science news, but uh, today I got a couple of stories that follow up on some other topics I've talked about in the past. Well, sort of. So my first one is uh, California out outlaws common red food dye, and I'll go into that. So I, I've talked about some you know colors and art stuff in the past, so I feel like this is under the same topic. But my uh, second story is about Google to shield AI users from copyright claims. Uh, and that has a lot to do with the generative AI that we've been talking about in the past. So you and the tinfoil hat, what do you got? So <clears throat> Ubuntu 23.10 was released this past week. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And um, Bandcamp laid off about half their employees. So I'm going to talk about that as well. And I'm pretty sure, Dave, I'm the host of this show. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm the producer of this show and all the other shows on Echoplex Media. And I am, <laughs> and uh, I am uh, in Narnia today. <laughs> you're one of the hosts. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, expert podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, my first topic is California Allah is the common red food dye. That, so it was basically last weekend, uh, California banned specific red dye is called FDNC red number three as a dye. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how that is created, but it's a synthetic dye, uh, that's been used for a long time. It's, it's used in thousands of, pro of food products now. Um, most of the synthetic, there's been a lot of controversy over synthetic food dyes, uh, in the past or dyes in, in general and being used in food. Uh, it was, this particular one has been considered safe by the FDA, but there has been, uh, a lot of research in the past, particularly in rodents, uh, in mice and, and rats and, uh, giving them high doses of this particular red dye has shown that there's like a small, but significant possibility of them developing cancer. And so they think that be, in humans, you, there's a small, but significant chance that you could uh generate can you could develop cancer although like nothing's been linked yet and uh it's i mean it's unlikely to, to ever be linked but basically uh the animal studies were basically the the risk was something like one in one hundred thousand chance of uh the rodents getting cancer and that's with like you know, 3% of their diet being pure red dye or something like that. I don't, I don't remember the exact uh, uh, amount, but it was a pretty high percentage of their diet being this red dye. So basically California over the weekend has decided to ban it based on this possibility of, of 
generating cancer. California is very uh, strict about these things. They, they, it's, they're very famous for <laughs> either bans or notices and stuff in California for things that could have a very, very small probability of causing cancer. And there's a lot of complaints about that. But what do you think, Dave? I mean, as goes California, goes the rest of the country. Approximately one in 10 yeah. people in this country live in California. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's not a joke. Like California sets the nation's uh, regulations for automobiles, essentially, for example. Right. And, um, you know, in this case, if, if this ban in California, I have a feeling that, like the vast majority of uh, food producers are just going to stop using it. Yeah. And there are alternatives that are considered safe. Uh, I know that uh, um, it's not in this article, but some somewhere else I was reading about the same ban and they're talking about, uh, it was basically cochineal. I don't remember the, it's probably red dye number one or something like that. Um, but it's basically a red dye that's, it's all natural. It's generated from basically crushing up these particular type of bugs uh, that then generate this very bright red dye. It looks a little different from the uh, synthetic red dyes, but it's still a nice bright red. And we've been using that for like thousands of years <laughs> in various forms. Um, and it's just gonna—it's just a lot more expensive, and you know, <laughs> it has to be done in a sort of a labor-intensive way. Uh, so that might that might change some of it. You probably will notice. Uh, Differences in your foods is not going to be quite those same bright red anymore. Don't tell conspiracy theorists that uh, we've been eating uh, bug dye for thousands yeah. of years because they. Uh, so, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of the term bug juice? Bug juice. Yeah, I think it's sort of more of a southern thing. No, uh, it's kind of like I. I remember hearing it when I was young, but it, it wasn't that common but definitely was around here where it's basically any like drink that was bright red was called bug juice. Uh, I, obviously haven't heard, heard of that. Uh, I don't know if any other Southern, <laughs> I don't know if there's any other Southerners who <laughs> watch this show or, or listen to it on the podcast, but maybe they can back me up on this. But uh, for a long time, I didn't know where that came from, but apparently there's at least a theory that it comes from the cochineal, basically red dye because it's coming from crushed up bugs. Yeah. Some, somebody found out that, you know, the most common red dye was made from bugs and they just started calling it anything red back in the day. Yeah. And it, it's, you know, ideas spread. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? So no, I never heard about that. I thought it was going to be something, um, I don't know, tasty and full of, bugs. well, it's tasty because it's usually like, Oh, it was like Kool-Aid or something, right? <laughs> Kool-Aid is pretty tasty. And apparently yeah, the, just, the red one was at one point full of bugs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if Kool-Aid ever was anything but the synthetic red dye, but uh, definitely know, used to call that. Do you know, are there, are there other synthetic uh, red dyes out there that can also be used? There are other synthetic red dyes. Uh, I don't know the differences between them because I know there was... Uh, another one that was uh, mentioned was red dye number 40. <laughs> they, they have great names, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I think the red dye number 40 was another one they were concerned about being um, a carcinogen. 
And from what I know, like the, a lot of these synthetic colors or synthetic dyes are generated from basically oil. Um, they're, they're kind of the byproducts of uh, the oil and gas industry. Uh, and they just go through certain, you know, color chemistry that was invented back in the day uh, to make these different dyes. So they're, all of them are around the same stuff because it's, because it's a byproduct. It's basically extra trash coming from the <laughs> oil and gas industry. It's super cheap to, to, to use. And, and it was why it's been widely thought to be uh, safe. And we've been using it for, you know, decades, if not a hundred years now, <laughs> I don't know how long. Yeah. I, I wonder if, <clears throat> I wonder if we're just dealing with a case of like the, the naturalistic fallacy here where people where the assumption like where the, a synthetic dye maybe would have a like uh, higher hill to climb for the average person to believe that it's safe. Yeah, I think so. But also like, it's kind of like on the borderline because there is a little bit of scientific evidence that the, it is a possible carcinogen, but the probability is very low. So it's uh, who, who knows? <laughs> yeah. But it reminds me of, of that case where, um, there was a, and I, I, I want to say it was Roundup, but I don't know if it, no, it was, they were feeding rats GMOs and the rats were getting tumors, <laughs> but the, the, yeah. but the reason, first of all, the rats that they were using were particularly prone to tumors. And then they were like force feeding these rats, like more food than they should have eaten anyway. And it's like the, yeah. so, you know, it's like, well, that's not really a, <laughs> that's not it's not yeah. really a, a evidence of anything except that if, if you force feed rats a bunch of food, they get they they get tumors. So I'm yeah. just I'm just wondering if this is like one of those cases because you said if three percent of their diet was this dye, that's just like I can't even imagine. Yeah, that's way more than we would have uh, any normal person, <laughs> unless they're constantly drinking Kool Aid. I don't know. No, I don't even think there's no way that this dye would be you know. I, I, You'd be I, red I, yourself, right? <laughs> far under like one percent of the, the yeah the the material in the Kool Aid would be this dye. That's like why that's the point of a strong dye is that you don't yeah. have to use very you have to use very little of it to turn something red, for example. Yeah. Well, that's that's weird. We'll keep an eye on it, but I think those dyes are uh, gone in the U.S. because you know if one in ten Amer if it's banned where one in ten Americans live, the big companies certainly are going to stop using it. Yep. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. So, uh, moving on to my next topic, uh, going back to AI stuff and generative AI, but our uh, article is, uh, Google to shield AI users from copyright claims. And we've talked about a lot about copyright and AI and particularly generative AI, but, uh, basically, uh, on Thursday, Google announced that it would defend users of its generated or generative AI systems on Google cloud and workspace. I'm not entirely sure what workspace is, but uh, I'm sure it's something that it's probably something I even use. I don't know exactly what it is. Anyways, um, Google wasn't the only one to do it in the past. Uh, uh, Microsoft and Adobe has also made similar commitments, but uh, specifically for Google, uh, Google will defend against a range of claims. So it's not expensive exclusively copyright but it definitely includes copyright claims and surprisingly this announcement does not include bard which is google's version of chat gpt and that's all i got here but uh it's a short thing google will 
defend uh, AI users. What do you think, Dave? I'm just, just more of big tech trying to step on people who create content for a living, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, most small creators don't have the money to go after like somebody for using AI generated content that reminds them or is, seems to be based on their content, but this just emboldens those who would like, you know, do that because they think yeah. that Google might have their back. I wonder what does it mean when it says in, in Google cloud and Google workspaces, does it mean that it's, uh, like for customers who are paying for Google cloud and Google workspace? Uh, I assume so. I don't know if you've, uh, had access to this, but, um, you know, I have, um, Google docs and I do actually, I pay for whatever the docs is with the extra, uh, you know, hard drive space there, <laughs> uh, we, which I find useful, but they gave me access to using Bard in any of the Google docs. So if I bring up just a regular like text document, it will start off by saying like, what do you want to write? I'll help you start, you know, I'll bring up a template or help you start writing it. And I've used it a couple of times and it wasn't particularly useful, but it was interesting to, to see. And I'm wondering if that has, if that's what they're talking about, plus some other stuff or what. Yeah, I've seen that too. Uh, my main account that I use for like Google docs, which is my personal account. I don't have, um, uh, like workspaces, but for Echoplex media, we have like, uh, we have like the, 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 domain email and stuff all through Google. And that's a workspaces account yeah. and every once in a while, <laughs> because I don't know, because Google is infinitely wise. It will force me to, every time I go to Google docs, it'll be like the main Echoplex media email, even though that's not what I want. Um, and yeah. so like, I'll be like, Oh, well, whatever. I'll start the doc here and share it with myself. And it, it has, I've seen that a couple times and I just was like, I just ignored it. Cause I was like, create document, share with Dave. And then I, then yeah. I like just left. So I don't, I don't know what it does, but, um, I, I don't like that they're doing this. Um, I feel like, I feel like, first of all, it implies that the copyright infringement is being done by the user and not by the owner of the AI system that actually infringed the copyright, which is, yeah. if, I mean, you know, I could see why maybe they would want to imply that. Yeah. That it would be me or you that would be the one infringing the copyright if we used something that looked like, you know, even by accident, like you or I, I don't think either of us would, you know, intentionally use AI to kind of ape somebody else's style or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it implies that that's our fault. And I think that, no, it's the fault of the person who had the AI crawl all this stuff without permission. And so it's, so right. it's, it's, yeah. it's odd. It's odd. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I feel like, I feel like this is going to be, you know, yet another thing that just kind of steps on independent creators and which is interesting because uh, my very, my last story this week is also a thing where I feel like independent creators are going to get the short end of the stick again. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just sort of my take is that all this stuff is like really bad for small creators. And I don't know for medium and larger creators, how it's, how it's going to shake out. I guess they have the money to go after people, but then who are they going after? Like, like I said, in this case, they're, they're suggesting that they should go after the individual and not after 
whoever's decision it was to scrape all this content without permission. And so I, yeah, I find yeah. the whole thing uh, funny. I don't know. What's your take? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I've, I have a feeling that they say they're going to, uh, you know, demnify, help people who are against copyright claims, but I feel like it's not quite what we think. Like they're going to, some people are going to expect to be defended when, uh, they're you know, Google's just going to say, no, that doesn't count for some, for whatever reason. So the example I have is, I don't know if you heard recently, but you know, the guy who wrote uh, game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Um, there was a George R. R. Martin. Um, there was another guy who apparently used chat GPT to finish the, the series of game of Thrones, uh, writing out the whole thing in, in his style and, uh, the style, the, the original author. And, um, I guess he released it on the internet or something. And, um, they're not very unhappy about that. And like, what if, where's the copyright problem here? Like that does actually sound like the user. I feel like that's something that Google will not defend because he specifically went, tried to, uh, do, do a copyright infringement. Right. Um, but who knows? Yeah. But I just, <clears throat> did, the, did whoever made the AI, did they even have permission to scrape that stuff? Yeah, probably not. <clears throat> so, I mean, there's blame to go around in that case. And I think that's like an edge yep. case, right? That's like a, somebody specifically did a thing that they're probably not supposed to do with the AI, but yeah. also it's sort of also like, it sort of falls almost into like the category of fanfic in a That's way. True. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> I don't want, I don't want to, well, I, I mean, I guess I do want to disincentivize people from writing fanfic using an AI. Cause the point of fanfic actually is that you're a fan of this thing and you have written it. Yeah. And, there's no, there's no copyright problem there. I mean, it's, I guess some trademark stuff, but generally the owners of IP have had a soft touch or no touch with fanfic because it actually, if it's, if, whether it's good or it's bad, it serves to like promote the original, um, yeah. the original work. Yeah. And it's often happening like inside of communities of fans. And in, in this case, this is, I guess it's, I guess just doing AI generated fanfic is a no, no. I think that's, I think you're crossing the line there because is the AI yeah. really a fan of the thing that you're, you're telling it to, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, is the AI really a big fan of like, uh, the X files or, or in this case, a like game of Thrones or the ring. I think not. Yeah. Uh, the only exception I would make is if you had AI wrote, write like a romance novel about something that is absolutely not a romance novel, then I think that's okay. Cause that's funny. <laughs> like if you're like Fair enough. like write me a write me a romance novel about the people's court <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't want to but then i would not read it because of the, the things that wapner would be doing right <laughs> yeah but yeah this is i think this is just another way that like the 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 tech companies are in the end just trying to they're they're, they're going to screw over small creators and they're yeah yeah it is what it is i it's it'll all get worked out in the courts. I just can't imagine like a small publishing house being able to, they're like, Oh, you know, we sent a cease and desist to this person because you know, one of our authors is, you know, they, they used some, you know, they had this written in the style of one of our authors and then they're, they, they get a re reply back from the cease and desist from like a massive tech company. They're like, well, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
a legal department and I mean, to the extent that they have a legal department is like oh, I, I i we're gonna have to let this one go everybody yeah i think uh the work itself through the the it'll all get worked out in the courts and we may or may not have a creative industry afterwards right or the creative industry may just have to change dramatically and um that's you know to yeah we won't have what we have now it'll be harder for just people or like small publishing houses or small you know blogs or anything like that to make money well i mean like what happens when if any creator like actually starts getting some you know interest and getting gaining a following and then some ai company just copies all their stuff and copies their style and starts creating new stuff and basically steals all their uh, uh their following right steals the following by basically <clears throat> feeding the 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 core concepts into a computer that can spit out content faster than any human or any group of humans could ever yeah. spit out content yeah. yeah you know you think about you're like oh you know i'm using um stable diffusion boy is it taking a long time for this thing to render it's like motherfucker how long would it take for you to draw that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like you think about that exactly. and it's, it's 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 amazing that that you know it's 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 amazing that we are where we are. I'm not I'm not happy about it and um you know, we're we're not too far away from the this being widely applicable to music as well. Yeah. We have yeah. edge cases where it already is, but it the text stuff and and the the um still picture stuff is so far advanced now that Yeah. And I mean, this, this, the copyright stuff is just the tip of the iceberg too. You know, I mean, I, you know, people who are new here or don't cover our other stuff, no, don't know that like I, my other content is generally on the dystopia beat, the misinformation beat, the disinformation beat. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad enough that it's just being used to like, trick people right and to fool people into believing that something happened that didn't but on top of that now you're gonna now you're gonna like screw over people who wrote a book or uh had a popular yeah. you know comic or uh, you know the 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 music example so far it's been only what i've heard that's been like pretty convincing has been very popular artists but what if some indie artist has like a breakout hit and all of a sudden you know, maybe they were going to be able to you know, start their own record label or I don't know, pay their bills for a while. <laughs> and then all of a sudden yeah. this AI generated comp thing out there, it's in competition with them because they had a, they had something that kind of hit, you know, maybe it hit yeah. in the underground yeah. or it hit in, um, you know, it wasn't necessarily charting, but somebody decided they were going to copy that style. And now I guess that artist is just maybe not, you know, they're going to have a harder time monetizing and it's, 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 yeah. it's all bad all about this this ain't great this is dystopic this is dystopic and i don't like it but i, I don't know what are you gonna do uh, the government's gonna have to step in but then it's gonna especially in the united states we're gonna run into just so much first amendment stuff around it yeah yeah so it's we you have you have a right to free speech but you know nowhere nowhere is the right uh to your the conceptual basis of your intellectual property protected so yeah. Anyway, I guess it's my turn. Thanks for the thanks for the uplifting story, Matt. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I got um two stories. I got one is Ubuntu twenty three ten was released. Uh, I believe it was Thursday. Also, lots of news dropped Thursday. 
I haven't installed it yet. I'm actually installing it tonight. It'll be my first time in a while having a computer that's running uh, Genome. Um, but this is a Gnome 45 is on this. And there's also a new installer, which I'm looking forward to checking out. Um, there's a Linux kernel 6.5, which most people aren't going to notice a whole heck of a lot of difference, but we'll see. I have some laptop I have does have some uh, problems with a little bit of hardware support. We'll see if that got fixed. Firefox is now running native Wayland, so you're not running like X Wayland for it. Um, and there's just tons of other great stuff. The uh, release notes are in the show notes. Um, Matt, I know you use Ubuntu on a computer, but I, I bet you're an LTS guy. I bet you don't up upgrade to the kind of no, mid-releases. It's fun to, to use Linux, but I like computers to work, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and then like something I can be, uh, look at my laptop, like I want to make sure that, uh, it's stable enough that I can actually use it and re rely on. It. I probably should have some other computers to play around with it on, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to upgrade too, too quickly. Yeah. For the, the laptop, I mean, if, if something breaks on it, I can just nuke and pave it. So I don't care that much. Like yeah. for the machine that we're recording this on, clearly I'm not installing the 23.10 release of anything. <laughs> yeah. Like I wait even uh, till the, like the, like the dot one or the point two, I forget what it is. The point it's, yeah. it's the point two release that I wait for to, um, well, I don't upgrade in place because the systems here are so highly customized that if you do that, you are almost guaranteed the system is not going to boot. Um, yeah. I mean, this is good. It seems like um, a lot of people in the past were complaining about uh, Firefox specifically because it was running as a snap and they were complaining yeah. primarily that the first time you go to launch it, it takes forever to launch. Um, that, that seems to have been fixed from what I'm hearing. And so I'm just kind of good. excited to see it. Also, I haven't used, uh, I haven't used GNOME in a while, like on a daily basis. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. Every, all indications are that Canonical's done a really good job with like sane defaults that, that yeah. still look cool. So we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't know. I will, uh, maybe I'll touch back on it next week. Uh, but maybe I won't. Um, I okay. do, I do have another story and I think maybe, uh, maybe this one, maybe we'll end up talking a little bit more about this. Cause this is bad news right here. This is a band yeah. camp laid off 50% of their employees. Um, for people who don't know, I mean, Everybody's probably been sent a Bandcamp link, but I don't think most people know how like entrenched Bandcamp is in uh, independent uh, music creation. Uh, Bandcamp, Bandcamp is huge with uh, small, medium-sized local bands and music producers of uh, all different genres. Bands can sell or give away their music and sell merch through the site. Uh, and users can follow their favorite artists and listen basically to their music anytime they want on Bandcamp. So it sort of operates like as a streaming site, but it's not really like uh, Spotify or whatever. You have to go choose to press play. Uh, Song Trader, that's spelled S-O-N-G-T-R-A-D-R, because of course it is, uh, purchased the company Bandcamp from Epic Games recently. Uh, Song Trader claims that the experience will not change. I don't know about all that. And uh, my feeds are full of uh, sad musicians thinking this is the end of an era, and they may very well be right. That's worrisome. Like, yeah, if you lose 50% of your employees, it's really hard to keep the same experience. Just, you know, ask Elon Musk in Twitter. Right. And this the thing about this is, like, unlike Twitter, you, like, Bandcamp is, like, 
beloved. Like when I've interviewed artists, yeah. unless they have a label, every one of them without fail has said, Oh, the best place to get my stuff is Bandcamp. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, the thing about it that's good is that other like places don't really offer is they allow you to follow and like sign up for email mm. updates. So if you follow, you know, the roughies, for example, on Bandcamp, and they, they even just put up a song, you get an email about it and then it reminds you of the band and there just aren't other services out there that do that. I don't think like, yeah. there are ways in which you can do that yourself as a band, right? You have a mailing list and whatever, but you don't have the network effect of a band camp. And so, yeah. And then also you have to set up all these different services to, to do that sort of thing. Right. You ha or hire somebody to do it or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, there are. And indie bands are known for the tons of cash that they have to spend on stuff like hiring people to manage your social media. Right. And people in punk rock bands are never like slackers or anything either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, this is, this is, this was a good, um, good service that matched up well with the community that it was serving. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not just bands, you know, people who are producing electronic, like dance music before they get signed to a label or whatever, that's all there too. It's, it's just anything you want, you can find there. And I don't know anything about song trader, um, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound great. Yeah. Um, I've long thought that something was going to come along to maybe replace Bandcamp, something maybe more almost more like tumblr in a way where you would get a feed not like yeah. twitter i definitely think it would look more like tumblr but i don't think the song trader is going to be the one to do it um i've heard rumblings uh in like local music um you know especially here in silicon valley because a lot of people are techie about like maybe starting up a, a Mastodon instance that would, you know, be there for people to follow you. But like, nobody's on Mastodon. <laughs> it's like millions of people on Mastodon, but, but, but I mean, but it's not the same. Yeah. But the, the average music fan probably isn't on Mastodon. No, no. And the average music fan, if they're into local bands and go to local shows, they very likely have a band camp um, login. And even if they don't, they, you know, <clears throat> you just, a band just redirects a URL to like yeah. Bandcamp and you know um Bandcamp they let you you know they don't they don't charge you anything like when you sell your merch because you're doing all the fulfillment right you just put a picture of it on there and then they you fill out a person yeah. fills out a form and uh, gives Bandcamp the money and I don't think they I don't think they charge anything but like the processing fees you know because they're that what That's they're being charged and I I don't see that continuing and I'm uh yeah you know I'm 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 hopeful that uh someone uh, fourth wall maybe uh steps in and tries to create the same experience for bands maybe that they've created for streamers or a similar yeah. sort of experience where it's focused on the bands because there's not a lot of um not a whole lot of difference actually uh, between the needs of like a streamer and the needs of like a local band um yeah. at least on the smaller scale um and no this is not a paid advertisement for fourth wall and yes fourth wall is a uh we are associated with them. I think we're supposed to say that we are associated with them in that Matt and I are both wearing one or more items that we got from the fourth wall shop for this project. Right. But it, you know, maybe it isn't going to be, maybe it wouldn't be fourth wall. Maybe somebody will nail it with a Mastodon instance. That's like branded really well. And people kind of don't even know that they're on 
whatever you know that or maybe they don't care that they're on mastodon because it's you know they went in and adjusted all the css or whatever the problem yeah. with with that would be the storage though because like all the music is stored on bandcamp and you can buy it there and you can just go press play unless the band doesn't want yeah. you to be able to listen to it and that's you know that's going to be hard to replace you know hopefully you know hopefully this is there's a chance this is much ado about nothing and there's enough duplication of sort of effort here that maybe this maybe getting rid of all those employees isn't going to affect bandcamp because maybe this you know maybe some of the other some of the same stuff is being done by this song trader but i'm not hopeful and also i i feel like you know it was a san francisco company and i, I feel bad for the people who lost their jobs because I think the vast majority of those people probably work there because they're like interested in like local and independent music. And it was a way for them to like, let like, you know, do two things that at once that they, they were interested in technology and I don't know, maybe they were a front end or a back end web designer. And they were also able to, you know, work at a company that helps, you know, artists monetize or helps artists promote. And I don't, you know, you know where are those people going to go for like a similar kind of work experience? Yeah. I don't know. You ever uh, bought any music on Bandcamp? Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I don't. I had heard of it before. You know, I, I don't really follow any indie bands, so I don't. I don't get exposed to it very much. I feel um, like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I, I I'd heard of it, but I didn't. Um, I don't think I've even been to it. <laughs> I feel like I probably would use it if all the local bands didn't just uh, send me their music. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, but I've, I've gone on there to like, for example, if I, cause I do, I do a little bit of consulting now for like, uh, mostly bands actually. And one of the first things I'll do is go look at their band camp and kind of see what's going on. Like even just what colors have they chosen? Like yeah. what, what's there, what's front and center on there. And it's, you know, it's the, the look of the website is a little bit dated, but also like you can find, you can find exactly what you're looking for there with no bullshit. So it's, yeah. it's real good for the bands. And, um, yeah, I mean, bands can give out their music for free. It lets you do the pay what you want thing. There's all kinds of different, um, kinds of different stuff. It does. I think one of the things that's missing and I don't think it's hopeful that this will happen, but if I was going to, predict a good thing that i think is unlikely maybe this new company will find ways to improve discoverability on there or even if it's like oh if you like this band you might like these other bands that kind of stuff yeah but i don't think that's what's happening i think that uh i think it got bought by somebody and i think whoever this song trader company is just going to leverage all these bands intellectual property to make money for themselves and probably screw over the bands in the process because that's probably what's going to happen Although that's what everybody thought Epic Games was going to do. And all, all things considered, uh, most people think Epic Games is a pretty good steward of that website. So, okay. But that's all I got. Uh, which one of us, is, is, whose turn is it to close out this show? Is it my turn? It is yours. I did it last time. All right. Well, everybody, this has been How the Tech Are You? This is our weekly tech and uh, music uh, distribution news show and uh, also uh, food uh, coloring show. Um, if you like this uh, show, you can uh, follow us on your favorite podcatcher and tell a friend about it. Um, you can check out our website, echoplexmedia.com. You can find out all kinds of stuff about us, especially click on that support page because um, doing this ain't free. And uh, I like to have money to go grocery shopping. Um, 
Hit us up on Twitter. It's at EplexM. And um, everything else is in the show notes. Have a great tech week. Can't get enough Echoplex and want to keep the conversation going with the hosts and community when we're not live? Then join our Discord server at discord.me slash Echoplex. We have text channels, voice channels, meme repositories, and a whole section of screenshots that we don't even remember where they came from. Come join the Now Space on Discord at discord.me slash Echoplex.